Please be seated. Well, again, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you. As I said, I didn't know how many people might be here today, so I thought I'd just come down and talk to you uh, today about this important message. And the beauty of this uh, message we just heard today, the beautiful prologue of John, is that I got to preach on it yesterday as well. And I made this claim to the people who came yesterday to the Christmas Day service that if they were to show up today, and I can see some familiar faces out here, that they most likely hear the exact same sermon. But I'm glad to tell you that's not exactly going to be the way it is today. Because something I also said yesterday was how rich the prologue of John truly is for us in this moment of the Christmas season. Yesterday, I talked about how the peace that comes in that opening chapter of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, how it adds calm to the Christmas story we heard the night before, which was the birth narrative of Jesus coming into the world, of going into an animal stable, being born there, angels terrifying the life out of the shepherds, and then, as I said yesterday morning, the shepherds showing up unannounced right after the birth of the baby. What craziness and activity was going on on that morning, or that late, truly the morning of, the early morning hours, 1, 2, 3 a.m. in the morning, finds its peace when we get here, <clears throat> excuse me, on Christmas morning and find John's prologue is the lesson we hear. A lot of people would think, oh, well, come on Christmas Day. And I'll get the Luke narrative again. Or maybe I'll get Matthew's really short story of the birth of Jesus. But no, the church gives us the peace of John's prologue, chapter 1, as the Christmas gospel to be read on Christmas Day. And now, our brothers and sisters in the Roman Catholic Church right now are hearing the second part of chapter 2 of Luke's gospel. The holy family story of them going to Jerusalem and losing Jesus when he's 11, 12, 13 years old. They had him to go back and find him three days after they lost him. And they find him where in the temple, listening to the rabbis, or actually not listening to them, teaching them himself. That's the story for the Catholic Church today. But for us, we've always wanted to ensure that John's gospel is heard during the Christmas season. So on the first Sunday after Christmas, what do we get? John's prologue again. And I'll be honest with you, when we were planning this out in the office, I said to Mother Sarah, I'll do it on Christmas Day, and then you come in on the Sunday, the very next day, and you give us your opinion of John's Gospel. Well, God must have heard that. I'd rather he found a better way to do it than to make Sarah come down with COVID, but that is what has come to be, and here I am standing in the midst of you to tell you that there's so much to speak about in the prologue of John that I could take another couple of Sundays to go over it as well. And why is that? Well, because the prologue of John contains sort of the whole summary of what Christian faith is all about, what we believe about Jesus Christ. And I have to tell you, and I've said this multiple times over the weekend, as we go through the Christmas season, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. I love asking the children, on Sunday morning leading up to Christmas, what is Christmas all about? And they all say, Jesus' birthday, which is absolutely the truth. But us as adults have to come to a place where we sit and actually think about what that means. Who is Jesus? Why is this one of the most important festival days in the whole Christian church? 
what is it about Christmas, the birth of this child? Yes, born in a manger, in an animal stable, the shepherds hear the angels, they come. That's an amazing story. But what is that all about? What does it mean when the angels say, this is Christ, the Messiah, who's come to be born in the midst of us? And that's why the church wants us to go to John's gospel to get the story exactly right. I don't know about any of you, but when I was in uh, college, the professors always would have us read these deep books, and I would read them, and I would walk in to listen to the class as if I knew exactly what those books were talking. I never knew what half of them were about. You have to have a professor to kind of lay it out for you and tell you what you really were reading about, whether it's in fiction or it's in nonfiction. That's the beauty of the university experience, right? If you just went and read all the books, you'd think you'd have the knowledge, but you need a professor to tell you about them. So you can understand that. And really, the professor of Christmas is John, who writes in his first chapter of his gospel, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in that very last verse of his first component of the prologue, John writes, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. This is part one of the explanation for what Christmas is all about and what it's bringing into our world. Not just that that baby is a, is a special person. Not just that baby has angels to tell you about him. But that baby is nothing less than God who was with God in the beginning and who was God in the beginning. God is this great divinity that we have no really capability of understanding. But I love how John takes the image of breath. Breath is what words come from. We can't understand anything until words come out. If we run into someone who can't speak, we can, they can get a piece of paper and draw for us and we might be able to come to understanding. But it's our language that explains what that thing is, what, what we're meant to understand, what the story is that goes along with it. So God breathes and the word comes out of God's mouth and the word is with God from the very beginning and it is the word that moves with God to create everything. And what John is gonna lay out for us is that is what is coming into the midst of us at Christmas. That's the beginning. The Word is with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God from the beginning, and everything that was created was from that Word. Then we move to the second part of John's prologue, in which John says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light. Remember? And in that first part of John's prologue, the word is combined with light. Light comes into the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. And then John comes into the world to reveal the light. And then John says, John's Gospel, the writer of John's Gospel says, He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone has come, was come into the world. So this, again, is the important component of what we are encountering with the Christmas story and the birth of Jesus. We have the word that is light that comes into the world, and then John who comes, who is not the light, but is there to tell us that the light is in the midst of us. This is an important part for us to understand, and I'm sure you know some people that will tell you. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, we have Jesus. He was a really good guy. He told us a lot of really great things about the world. I like to follow Jesus. Um, he tells us a lot. Well, I love what C.S. Lewis says. Either uh, Jesus was either an absolute crazy man 
or he was a criminal who'd come to mislead us. If you listen only to Jesus' words, you might get a few stories. But if you really dig into them, they only make sense if Jesus is who he says to be. And that is that Jesus is the word. That is that Jesus is the life. That is that Jesus is God. So therefore, what John wants us to understand in the second part of the prologue is that this life that's coming to the world is not a great prophet. He's not a wonderful teacher. He is nothing unless he is the word of God come to change the world. That's the second part of John's prologue we need to take in and understand to really understand what Christmas is about. The final part is simply to tell us to get down to the bare bones of Christmas. The word became flesh and lived among us. Now I said this yesterday really briefly. I'll say it to you a little more so. That idea of the word became flesh and lived among us. The Greek word that's used, and I actually looked it up between yesterday and today, is skinu. Probably not pronouncing correct in Greek, but only the Greek people will know that. So we'll just go on from there. Skinu actually translates in Greek not as lived among us, but pitched his tent among us. Or tabernacled with us. Now this word is key for the Jewish people hearing it. And it should be key for us, but the English language doesn't give us that. To say that Jesus or the Word pitched his tent among us instantly connects with what I think is the 26th or the 28th chapter of the book of Exodus, which is a full-fledged description of how the tabernacle was meant to be built to house what? The Ark of the Covenant. Y'all know I'm an Indiana Jones fan. Indiana Jones was looking for the Ark of the Covenant, right? Because it's been lost forever. But in the beginning, the Ark of the Covenant is where God sits. Underneath it is the commandments, the law of God, the core of Judaism. And that, that wonderful chest is built for God to sit upon, and a tabernacle has to be built among it. And as those wonderful Israelites are traveling through the desert, they got to move that tent everywhere. Because the Ark of the Covenant has to have a special place to sit. And then when they finally make it to Jerusalem, what is the temple on the Temple Mount built for? To hold the Ark of the Covenant, where God sits, the Holy of Holies, in which only certain clergy can go into the midst of. Now, think about all of that, and hear what John says. John already said in the beginning was the Word. So the Jewish mind and ear would have instantly picked up, ooh, he's all the way back in the book of Genesis. And then he lands here with the Word was made flesh and it pitched its tent, it tabernacled in the midst of us. That phrase, brothers and sisters, is really the great joyous celebration of Christmas. Because no longer is God in a tent, nor is God in a temple. God has come to be in the midst of us to tabernacle within us. So God lives among us as a human being, and he has to live among us as a human being to show us the real way. Because how can you understand God if you can't see God in the image of what God made, which is us in his image? And then once Jesus dies on the cross and goes to heaven, he still tabernacles within our heart. Your body is your temple. This is why you need to tell your children to think really hard before they get tattoos, right? Would you draw all over the side of the church? I hope not. If you do, make sure it's pretty serious stuff. Make sure it's symbolizing something. 
And we're going to talk about my 23-year-old daughter. She's got several tattoos, one of which is a cross behind her ear. And I'm like, well, that one's okay. I don't know about the rest of them. But that is why the body is meant to be the temple, because within the heart, Jesus has pitched his tent. Jesus is tabernacling with us. Jesus, who came and was born in Bethlehem as a tiny baby in a horse's trough, so that he might catch every one of us up in his love of God now lives in the midst of our heart and calls us to come and be his children. The last line I'll read for you is right in the middle of the prologue. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. Not the, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but were born of God. This is why Christmas is the greatest of celebrations in our Christian faith. God has come to be born in the midst of us so that all of us, you and me, can become the children God created us to be. That's the gift of Christmas. And that's why John's prologue is so important. And what a blessing it is to share it with you on this Sunday. Amen. Amen.